0: hello hot girls it is claire here and i just finished editing this episode my first thought to say is that it is all over the place mayu and i could not speak words this day it's actually comical how we mispronounce things and on this note we are not experts we are the farthest thing from experts as you will see this episode that attempts to look at hysteria as a term and as a perceived health condition in relation to woman from 2000 BC until today. Okay, so I kind of gave us a big task and with this came a lot of confusion. Also, I wanted to say on a more serious note, this episode is heavy. It starts off pretty light and fun with discussions of uteruses apparently floating around women, and that's why they were becoming hysterical. But it ends with more of a discussion on the the trending on TikTok of Delulu manifestation girlies. And we end about mental health in young people at university and postpartum depression and psychosis, as well as just how the systems have failed women not just in the past but they still do today so it is heavy I won't lie and we talk about all sorts of philosophers from Freud to Foucault to Hippocrates so definitely go check out the reading list that I've made yes plug for my reading list I'm very proud of it on notions it looks so pretty Where you can do your own research as well and also make your own conclusions about what some of these philosophers are saying because they're really saying some things. That's all I'll say. And I also really recommend if you're not going to listen to the whole thing to at least listen to the last 15 minutes. I also think this episode is timely. Not to toot my own horn, no. Timely for all the wrong reasons. We live in a post-Roe v. Wade world, and also across the world, women's rights are continuously being stripped in so-called first world, or the most quote-unquote developed countries. And women have all the more right to act, (laughs) quote-unquote, hysterical over these issues. I wanted to plug the Feminist Space on Instagram. We are working on a post on female rage, you should go check out, at the Feminist Space, which I did some research for about how women have expressed their rage throughout history. Outside my flat in Warsaw, only recently, when I would say recently, only the last few days, has this horrible old truck with horribly vivid and gross photos of what they say is abortion that is used as pro-life propaganda that's been standing outside my house for weeks now and it wasn't moved for any good reason besides construction and every time i walked past it i wanted to destroy it (laughs) also we recorded this episode a while ago i'm not gonna say how long ago because it's a bit embarrassing so if you want to see how dying my hair pink turned out go on instagram because it didn't really turn out well at all also you can't really hear mayu at some points so i'm so sorry Mayu. <laughs> so take what you want from this episode i think it's the one closest to my heart and one that after editing, i sat and said okay this is why i do this but also women have all the more reasons to be upset today than they have in history as well so as always rate the podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts, and send me a shout of what you want to learn more about and this is your cue to now listen to choose okay hello hot girls Today, we are here once again with like the resident hot girl historian, Mayu Sando. Welcome to the pod again. Hello, hot girls. It is me. <laughs> it is I. Girls. It is the ultimate hot crazy girls today. So we're doing an episode on female hysteria or history of female hysteria. The title neuroses, in which is so my, I think is slay, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the actual history chat, I just need like we just need to catch up. Today, I made it to 101 Spotify followers, which is so slay. Obviously, on Insta, we are popping off. We are well over 1,500 followers on Insta, which thank you very much. But 100 Spotify followers, the fact that 100 people have clicked follow on Spotify, to me, is a bigger deal in a way. Because it's like, then you're actually engaged with the podcast, not just in the instant so thank you if you're one of the 101 spotify followers i basically like can't see who follows me i wish i could i wish i could see who from like high school who from my past lives have followed but thank you very much and what i wanted to report to maya today is in honors of in honors in honor of 101 spotify followers i'm gonna dye my hair pink throw it back to second year of uni where i was constantly dyeing my hair for blue Pink, purple. It's giving Tumblr twenty fourteen to twenty (laughs) sixteen. Lana Del Rey nineteen seventy five. No, the worst thing is like there was times where like I had like blue, like just you didn't know me in that era. I had like blue spots in my blonde hair, and also I dyed my hair myself. That's horrific. And like you know that dyeing your hair blonde by yourself is just like Mm because you've done that. I was. (laughs) I have crazy girl jet ever. black
1: <laughs> kind of virgin Asian hair at the time. I mean, I was blonde as a child, but it went quite dark. It's quite We're dark blonde now. as a I child. I was a blonde baby. It happens a lot awesome. of Asian children they start blonde, should... and their hair gets darker with age. Mine is this dark, not darker out. I, the day before freshers week, decided to bleach my hair at home with no mirror. I have a lot of hair. It didn't work. So the whole of freshers,
0: I had a orange bob and it was horrific. I can't even imagine. I was going to ask, are you around today to do it? You're working. I'm working for it to close. Okay, fine. I'll do it myself. You're going to do made up with pink hair. Oh yeah. And I'm doing like behave. Like I'm doing all sorts of things. I'm going to Bergen with pink hair.
1: Missing my soaking
0: oops yeah also congratulations to maya for finishing her dance yeah Ooh, really you didn't really can really you did tell it. us how like you didn't turn in your primary sources
1: so oh. i submitted my dissertation anyone who has done a dissertation will relate you get so sick of it near the mm. end my conclusion is not words. Claire read my disc. Claire did not read my conclusion. My no. conclusion was not words. I could not fathom a sentence at that point. <laughs> and then I went to the pub after I submitted my disc, was just, you know, nattering along, chatting to people. And one of my history friends, EH, came up to me because we submitted our disses on the same day. She comes to me. She was like, oh, no, like I finally submitted it. Like The archival sources was just such a pain in the ass. I was sat outside the keys and I went, Got the key. oh my god i forgot places. my archival source i forgot to include my like arch- arch- archival sources in my disc girl not only that <laughs> i didn't realize how microsoft word worked so you know hate how everyone word. can leave comments on your disc and i shared it with <gasps> a lot of people i submitted the version with the comments still in it because i thought i deleted them i hadn't so i panicked I get
0: in trouble for that as well, no okay no
1: it's fine actually because all they were saying it's, it was just gra- grammar stuff oh, it's okay. just not my strongest language so I said, bear. Um, So I panicked, emailed my tutor from my little staycation in Edinburgh, and went, "Hi Joe, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nothing has changed apart from I deleted the comments and I added my sources. Please take it." And he did.
0: But that was a panic. When she texted me, that was like, "There's no way."
1: <laughs> I, I, I was actually—I no was losing my mind a little bit that day, yeah. vibrating in Costa rocking back and forth this woman to to lives
0: it. at a costa i swear like if i were to look for you in st andrews if you go missing the first place yeah. i would go be the costa in St Andrews. the costa in dundee i don't know if there is uh, one, well no i aren't... bet you'd be going there
1: no in dundee i go to the waterstones
0: real truck. i did know that actually
1: no but the costa in st andrews is good this because oh no the coffee sucks
0: no i mean this tea sucks. oh yeah the detox tea yeah, well, i don't know
1: why. but why the costa in st andrews is always quiet and they don't care how long you sit there because they're so
0: understaffed. They were so mean to me once when it was still like COVID times and you would like have to stand in a line. I wasn't standing on the thing. That's like what they you. had things. Bro, it was like, they were like, you need to stand on that. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know we live in a dictatorship. We do. We do. We do. Same with the library. They keep sending me emails
1: saying I haven't returned books that I borrowed in third no, year. I need to return books. No, but
0: I don't have them, so I'm gonna have to storm up to the front desk and say, mm-hmm. I
1: don't have them, stop doing this.
0: No, you know, I'm sitting in Mayu's living room right now and it's like so classic. Whenever I walk by her house, like I see clothes hanging everywhere and like today there's also there's like socks hanging, towels. There's also can you tell me what that thing is? The thing with eyes. Oh, it's a plant pot. Aw.
1: Like okay, I have to say the only reason I always have laundry is I do laundry twice a week
0: maybe. Why?
1: Because I go through not twice a week, okay, maybe once a week, but it takes so long to dry in this flat. We don't have a dryer, so we have to open the understand. windows. I think and
0: your let it dry. your flat is just cold and my gives flat wet is cold. cold and wet. It Yo, we're about to dry. talk like there's a part of this where with like humoral 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 theory? Yeah. They think that women are cold and wet or me- and men are dry. That makes sense. And Why is she in a tank top? Girl, that's honestly She's in my like history me. class. Anyway. <laughs> me when I'm like, you know when you're running? I think this is the very main thing. I like walk places really fast and I get super sweaty and I just show up places like sweaty and gross. Yesterday I went to the philosophy library, terrible vibes. Everyone there looked like... They all dressed the same and they also all seem mad that I was there. And I was like, what have I done to you? To
1: be fair, I agree with the
0: humoral thing because I am a
1: woman and I am a new.
0: Yeah. Also, The Hunger Games, the trailer just came out for the prequels, did you see? It
1: doesn't look very good. Are you
0: joking? I like recently have been rewatching The Hunger Games and I'm absolutely. Inspired by who?
1: What? Was it not me? Yeah, it was you. Yeah, exactly. Thank and
0: you. like, I'm obsessed with them. The yeah. movies are so good. I don't know how they didn't win awards. They should have. They should have. It keeps you on the edge of my seat. It's a good plot, good quality, good acting.
1: I was going to re-watch Divergent after re-watching
0: Divergent. Not games.
1: Over the last time I watched Divergent was during COVID. And because I hadn't had human interaction in so long. Real. I watched the movies back to back and I convinced myself <laughs> that I was inside Divergent and had to be talked out of it by right. my now flatmate she was like my it's not real please also if you were in it you would die instantly so don't worry really if she, i was in
0: the hunger game she I had to do the same with the hunger Games. she was like, she was like my you can you please <laughs> oh my god first thing is i started with catching fire because i knew catching fire was such a good movie so me i watched too. catching fire part one part two of Mocking and now i need to go back and watch the first one that's what i did i'm obsessed the first one's the most boring i have to say really yeah
1: i cannot stop listening to country music which is very out of character what? for me i don't know why I have listened to Me To Me by Morgan Wallen, and I kid you not, not Morgan like 14 Wallen. times today, I know I don't agree with him, but that one song, and single which then one? she was, she was there anyway. <laughs> no. uh, just that, So, finished my disc. was hanging out with cats in Edinburgh for a while, which was very cute, except I broke out in hives, and they're still here. Wait, what? I'm allergic to cats. I take antihistamines every day, but they were climbing Good on top of my Good thing you went cat face. sitting. Yeah, I know, but now I have <laughs> like, hives, what? and they better be gone by me.
0: Thanks for that update. I wanted to kind of go over what we're going to cover in this female hysteria episode. First, what is hysteria historically? And were women really crazier than men? Because, as you probably know, from the crucible to my year of rest and relaxation to like women being in mental silence, oh, what else? Uh, Breaking Gilman's yellow wallpaper. I was thinking, um, the other one. What is the one? Jar? The Awakening? Okay, the bell jar. <laughs> the bell jar. Also, The Awakening. Oh, all these women's about, these women's, all these, like, Gone stories girl. about women just either becoming crazy or being crazy. Those are great socks. Maya's wearing socks. It's his best hinge match ever. That's so cute. The dear Yeah. yeah. Yeah, women have just been historically pictured as crazy. I don't think we need to, like, go into justifying that. And then I just wrote Freud being whack. We're going to talk about Freud. Because unfortunately, as with, like, anything in psychology, in sex, related to anything related to gender or sexuality, Freud do be coming up. We're first going to go through, like, a timeline of women and hysteria in the history of mental health, which comes from uh the like a really good website that is sponsored by the u.s government so like it's real it's really real i mean i don't know things sponsored by the u.s government aren't good but it's a really comprehensive list by time period and stuff of what hysteria is and like how it's evolved they also have case studies i love this article so let's just start let's just plow through this (laughs) so hysteria is undoubtedly the first mental disorder attributable to women. And it's described in the second millennium B.C. I don't know what that means. Two? A, no, millennium. Does that mean 2000? Okay, yeah, yeah. 2000 B.C. Hill Freud, it was considered an exclusively female disease. So, it was considered from two different perspectives, scientific and demonological. And it was either cured with like herbs, either sex or abstinence from sex, punished and purified with fire. There's a lot that's going on. We also will get into like leeches and stuff like that. And before I go any further, with that all said, I just want to say this episode is gonna mention like a lot of random stuff. It's gonna, it has to do with, you know, mental disorders. It also is gonna deal with just gross stuff and like, as well, and like bodies. So if you don't wanna hear that, don't listen for real a woman was more vulnerable to mental disorders usually because she was either seen as weak or easily influenced or that she's somehow guilty because she is either sinning for like having sex or she's not procreating enough like women can never win we know this like women never win specifically because of their bodies this is just an overview we're really gonna get into it so Mm -hmm. it's giving eve and the other oh, woman. We always talk about Eve. Like... Jezebel. Jeze... <laughs> Slay Jezebel. <laughs> I don't know who she is. Okay. So in ancient Greece, a melampus spoke of woman's madness as derived from their uterus and it was poisoned by venomous humors due to a lack of orgasms. <laughs> That's not what they were thinking in ancient Greece. And then there's the idea of female madness related to a lack of a normal sex life. Plato argues that the uterus is sad and unfortunate. (laughs) Tag yourself, I'm unfortunate. When it does not join with the male and it does not give rise to new birth. And Aristotle and Hippocrates are of the same opinion. And Hippocrates in the 5th century BC, again, first one, so Hippocrates is the first one to use the term hysteria. And he believes that the uterus moving is the cause of the disease and he differentiates this from epilepsy. I think this is interesting because epilepsy, I think, as a concept is like a medical issue. I imagine it was very scary for like everyone always, like even today when someone has an epileptic seizure, like it's very scary to see and confusing. I imagine if you don't know how the world works in the slightest, it must be very scary when people are epileptic, especially if you're so religious who like think of, you know, superstition wise and stuff. So I think it's interesting that epilepsy is seen as one thing and then hysteria or this madness related to the uterus is a different thing because i think they probably realize that epilepsy happens in both men and women hypocrisies asserts that a woman's body is cold and wet so we talked about this and it's then prone to putrefaction (laughs) it's prone to putrefaction of the humors as opposed to the dry and warm male body yikes and for this reason the uterus is prone to getting sick cough cough as it's deprived of sex and procreation which apparently guys this is gross like i'm so sorry but the idea is that when women have sex their vaginal canals are widened which promotes cleansing of the body interesting mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. what do you think about this bio <laughs>
1: Great question. are they just saying the brick of the holes get the more air can get in it's like opening a window airing a room out
0: he oh, goes on further that virgins widows single and sterile women have a quote unquote bad uterus since it's not satisfied so it creates toxic fumes and also takes to wandering around the body so ladies your uterus ever wandering she's just bored she has wanderlust around the body, causing various kinds of disorders, such as anxiety, a sense of suffocation, tremors, sometimes even convulsions or paralysis. You know, they had very confusing thoughts about this, but if a lady is not having sex, then she's sick. She is sick. And the issue of, like, virgins, widows, single or sterile woman is, like, still an issue until, like, the 1900s, because as you'll see throughout history... It's either like young women who are like victim to hysteria or older women who women who aren't necessarily have like an attachment to men like they're not married or like
1: you could say the same for now as well because they they mm. only really talk about women's mental health and women going quote unquote crazy I guess in terms of hormonal imbalances as a teenager and then menopause because those hormonal imbalances often mean that women are less straight towards men. And so you're always considering women's mental health from the male male gaze, male perspective.
0: Male gaze, yeah. Whether they
1: can provide sexually for a man, which I think is a bit bit whack, tbh.
0: True. So Hippocrates believes that even widows and unmarried women should get married and live a sexual satisfactory life within the balance of marriage to keep their body intact like to mm-hmm. balance this cold wetness of the female body okay, so yeah. that's where we are in like you know the fifth century bc i think amai is gonna take us to the second century a.d yes so
1: in the second century a.d claudius galen when he spoke about hysteria i'm assuming it must be a man it is a man he must be Said that the treatment for hysteria consisted in purges, administrations of hellebore, mint, laudanum, belladonna <laughs> extract, valerian, valerian, I was gonna day, say, yeah. and other herbs, and also getting married or repressing stimuli that could excite a young woman. Chorinus, who was a Greek physician from the first half of the second century AD, who was considered the father of scientific gynecology and ob- obstetrics. <laughs> Not ends. used wrongly. to strongly, just say ends. abstract tricks. Can you believe that women's disorders arose from the toils of procreation, and their recovery is encouraged by sexual abstinence and perpetual virginity, which would be the woman's ideal conditions? Can I
0: stop you there? My interpret interpretation of this is that you know how women after childbirth, like it's recommended you don't have sex for sex for like six, six weeks. And i'm like is that like is this part of it like just is this where that comes from i don't know That's probably sure because a
1: child comes out of your vagina well
0: obviously but like it's- before if they think that women need to have sex maybe they're like right it doesn't matter if you just had a baby we've got to still have sex oh, yeah. so that you continue to be balanced so your mm-hmm. uterus doesn't jump around your body and cause you to become hysterical because the whole thing we're gonna get into this postpartum is a big issue for women in history and yeah. today, but like the idea around postpartum issue was is not really recognized. You can go on.
1: <laughs> well, to continue, Serenus believes that fumigations, cataplasms and compressions were ineffectual and that instead the hysterical body should be treated with care, with hot baths and massages and exercise because this would prevent women's
0: diseases. I mean, kind of true, like you have a hot bath, calm.
1: <laughs> That's what calm says, yeah. In various texts, women were not described as quote-unquote patients to be cured but rather as the cause of a particular human disease which was then defined as the madness of love and unfulfilled sexual desire
0: sex just doesn't go away
1: which i it, you know it's interesting with the bc and the ad one of them is saying shag a lot and yeah. the other one is saying don't shag so as we get into the middle ages the issue of heresy starts to arise i think anyone that's done history would have read a lot about the middle ages and heresy very interesting worst worst <laughs> lectures in ever thousand oh i know my bear in mind God. again not to get back to the Mayu <laughs> lore. i did all of this not knowing what christianity and heresy was i was so confused
0: Mayu christianity my christianity anyway
1: <laughs> the struggle with heresy assumes a political connotation because the church <laughs> had unifying europe under its aims girl i don't know i'll mean.
0: explain it okay Let's explain it Guys, the Middle Ages, I'm taking over because Mike can't (laughs) read, is that the church in Europe, they want to unify Europe under Christianity, and the Inquisition decides that mental illness is the result of women making bonds with the devil. And hysterical women were then suge- subjected to exorcism because they believe that they need to get the devil out of them. And in early Christianity, exorcism was considered a cure, but not a punishment. So it's not, you know, like, oh, you cr- terrible woman, we're gonna, you know, give you an exorcism. To punish you yeah. for your connection with the devil or whatever. It's more like we're going to try and help you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it does become a punishment when hysteria is confused with sorcery and later. So the Inquisitor found sin in mental illness because he said
1: the devil is a greater <laughs> expert of human nature and may interfere more effectively with a person susceptible to melancholy or hysteria. So hysteria was considered a woman's disease, and who more than women are prone to melancholy. Real, R- for real. So this disease is the basis of female delirium. The woman feels persecuted, and the devil himself is the cause of this mal de vivre, which deprives a woman of confession and forgiveness and leads them to commit suicide.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was a big jump there, but I think the idea is that. Women, sad, devil comes, they die. Yeah, real. Like, I think that's basically the idea. So the Inquisition was obviously not a good time in Europe. And I guess this is one of the reasons. echoing the bell jar. What? I never read the bell jar. You shouldn't. Okay. I won't then. Women who were most affected by hysteria, as we discussed, were elderly and single and sorcery becomes like the scapegoat as like the explanation for why these women have like been outcasted from society or that they are feeling like distance from society and i just found this interesting the latin word femina is formed from fem minus Feminus? <laughs> and that is who had less faith so kramer and jacob sprenger make the publication of the famous hammer of witches the malus malefarerum in 1486 which is like prime inquisition time and in this they talk about evil origins from women so women are just the worst according to them and it apparent this text is apparently one of the worst condemnation of depressive illness in like the course of Western history, and until the 18th century, thousands of innocent women were put to death because on the basis of evidence and confessions obtained through torture that they have been evil and they've been possessed by the devil and participated in sorcery. I feel like in MO 1008 you do like read stuff about witches and about the Salem women being yeah, we're going to talk about the silent Charles
1: Hildegard How- of Bingham. And
0: Bingham sounds fake. What no,
1: Hildegard of Bingham. I remember I studied her, I think, in M.O. 1008 or Haldegard. something. Haldegard of Bingham. She was this nun, if I remember correctly, who, because she was oh. a woman, people didn't really... She's a real girl. She validated. That she was as faithful, and they thought she was going crazy because she kept seeing visions of Jesus. Turns out, I think she had epilepsy. But anyway, Good. they never believed women had a strong faith.
0: In the Italian Renaissance changes this a bit and they try to give a scientific explanation of mental illness as we know if you took emma 1008 or anything similar to it you know that the italian renaissance is like kind of a turn towards reason and like trying to sort things out in a different way than before so girolamo cardano and giovanni battista Morta were interested in sorcery but they didn't really see like demonic cause in it while like, you know, the Inquisitor's sorcery is like something related to demons and the devil. So they identify the origin of certain behaviors in fumes. So let's, we go back to fumes here, return to like humoral theory kind of, populated water, certain sin substances that induce visions or pictures. And they both make their considerations on physiognomy. Let's look that up.
1: I think you said populated water instead of polluted water.
0: Sorry, polluted <laughs> water. Physiogomni, which is a person's face, so are expressive. I guess about, like, how they look. Okay, that makes sense. Another important physician, the Dutch Johan Weyer, intended to prove that witches were mentally ill and they should be treated, therefore, by physicians, rather than being interrogated by ecclesiastics, which they have been at this time and they continue to be. And in 1550, he becomes the private physician of Duke William of Cleves, who experiences mental illness himself. And the Duke observes that people who were prosecuted as witches mm-hmm. had some of the same symptoms as his relatives had because depression and uh, mental illness was running his family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I thought this was really interesting because this big guy in power is like, hey, wait, there's
1: something connecting <laughs> wait, these people Yeah, in the bloodline.
0: And so, in the Renaissance, hysteria is still like related to femininity and is very symbolically connected to women. So written records tell us several outbreaks of hysteria. The most famous is in my home turf, Massachusetts, Salem. I've been multiple times. Now it's more like people like to go there and like buy a little like incense like gift shops with like witch like tarot cards and stuff like I don't know they're really making a lot of money at that out of that place I feel like and there's no record of the first stage of this disease which has like you know Salem is a lot of young women and the idea is that people think that young women made a deal with the devil and the girls are possessed in February 1692 and they're staring with barren eyes they make noises they have uncontrollable jumps and sudden movements <laughs> and the local doctor you know tells the priest which if you just remember what i just said in the renaissance people are thinking that maybe we shouldn't go to the priest like maybe this is a physical like this is an issue But, you know, people admit to making pacts with the devil and admitting witchcraft, and they begin to accuse each other. It's a mess if you watch The Crucible, read The Crucible. It's also about witch hunts and young women accusing each other. And eventually 19 girls are hanged as witches, and over 100 were kept in detention. And an interesting, like, historiographical point of view on Salem is that Marion Starkey writes at the end of World War II That she has compared Salem, like the events at Salem, with more contemporary events. And her explanation of classical hysteria is that the illness manifests itself in young women who were repressed by Puritanism. And it was aggravated by the intervention of Puritan pastors and the social conflict. And this incident proves that hysteria could be seen as a consequence of social conflict. I think it's because World War II... I don't know if I get into this later. I, don't, I can't remember. But World War II changes how we look at hysteria, how we, how people look to hysteria. Because when I was researching, obviously men go to war and get shell shock and yeah. go through a lot of mental stuff themselves. So that causes some people to question wait, maybe maybe men also be going through yeah, some it was stuff.
1: Yeah, World War One
0: real it was yeah, also world war one I. Yeah.
1: I think world war one was like big and with british people so in cool. 1975 the physician philosopher pierre rousseau published sounds like the rousseau my... Physique et de la Fé, okay, French. which was greatly influenced by the ideas of jean-jacques rousseau who i think we all know if you don't you should Google him. So, femininity Real. for both authors was an essential nature with very defined functions, and the disease was explained by the non fulfillment of natural desire. No shagging. So, the excess of civilization causes, they believe, a disruption in the woman as well as moral and physiological imbalance. The excess of civilization that causes disruption in the woman, as well as, and causes a moral and physiological imbalance was seen as hysteria so the afflictions the diseases and the depravity of women that result in them breaking away from like normal natural functions which when women are in the country and just doing their woman jobs they were fine (laughs) and they go into the city and they do different things and they move from different things it makes them go crazy apparently real so she is a mother and the guardian of virtue So women are defined a role. When they are within that role, they're fine. The second they leave it, they go crazy. And so in this context, the woman witch appears more and more as an artifice to secure the social order of the regime. And in the Enlightenment, the causes and symptoms of hysteria and melancholy are
0: linked to humor theory. Humoral theory really doesn't go away. And the last witch was sentenced to death in Switzerland in 1782, which is like over 100 years after Salem, and it's 10 years after the publication of the latest volumes of Encyclopedia. And basically, in this encyclopedia, they they say the idea of, like, witches and sorcery, like, aren't real. They're like, it's all, like, fake, like, just shut up about it. But this is, you know, 10 years after this publication, she was still executed for being a witch, and her name was Anna Goldie, and her memory was only rehabilitated in 2008. That's what's so important about, I feel like, going back into history is realizing, This poor woman wasn't recognized until 200 years almost after her, Yeah. more than 200 years after her death, her wrongful death. So
1: I'm strangely surprised that it was 1782. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was 1882. You wouldn't have been surprised? I would not have been surprised if it was 1882, depending on the region. In the 18th century, as we go along with time, hysteria starts being gradually associated with the brain rather than the uterus.
0: Thank God.
1: So the uterus is no longer moving around the body. Um, It's now going to the brain. And so this was a (laughs) trend that opens the way to neurological etiology. So if it's connected to the brain, then perhaps hysteria is not just a female disease and can affect both sexes. Perhaps,
0: perhaps. So let's not get ahead of men ourselves. Men also have brains, apparently. I don't know about that.
1: No. Men men, women be having brains. So the French neuropsychiatrist Pierre Jeunet.
0: <laughs> I'm obsessed with the names in this. we got Italian names, we got French names. It's just lame.
1: Isn't it? So he convinced doctors that hypnosis was a very powerful model for investigation and therapy. He wrote that hysteria is the result of the very idea the patient has of his accident. So the patient's <laughs> own idea of pathology, according to Janet, is translated into a physical disability. So hysteria is a pathology in which dissociation appears autonomously for neurotic reasons and in such a way to adversely disturb the individual's everyday life. He... St- studied five hysteria symptoms anesthesia amnesia abuelia motor control <laughs> diseases and the modification of character why you was like is it that grandma in
0: spanish I like no abuela, it's abuela, abuela, it's like, abuela. abuela. It could keep going i'm gonna look uh-huh. up what some of these words mean as a result the reason of hysteria is in
1: the, it's in the subconscious so in relation to eroticism he noted that the hysterical are in general not any more erotic than a normal person so his studies are very important for the early theories of freud brewer and Karyan,
0: so obviously anesthesia means like loss of sensation so i guess people were like numb either physically or mentally and then abulia is It word in psychiatry for an absence of willpower and the inability to act decisively, Mm. a symptom of schizophrenia or other mental illnesses. That's what it says on Google. Okay, so that makes sense. Now I get that. I was wondering what these words mean.
1: But it just means that it's in the subconscious, and when your subconscious comes to life, but you don't have the ability to quell the subconscious, it develops into hysteria, essentially, I think is what he's saying. That is what
0: and that's gonna influence Freud because we all know that Freud loves talk about this. So until Freud. It's believed that hysteria was the consequence of the lack of conception and motherhood. So obviously everything is related to sex. Freud reverses the paradigm. Hysteria is a disorder caused by the lack of libidinal evolution. I know it comes from like libido. Yeah. Which sets the stage for the fetal conflict. I don't have time to go into the fetal conflict. Oedipal. Sorry. <laughs> Obedial. Obedial. The Whatever. Woman, as a result of hysteria, cannot conceive or like don't conceive. Rather than like because they can't conceive or because they're not having sex. So, according to psychoanalysis, the hysterical symptom is the expression of the impossibility of the fulfillment of sexual desire because of the Oedipus conflict. Am I saying it right? Oedipal. Oedipal conflict. So the symptom of hysteria allows for discharging like the urge however it is a disease of woman it is a vision of an illness linked to the mode of conceiving the role of the woman the woman has no power but she is trying to like assert power in other ways and this is why she's a possessed woman girl it's so deep and confusing so i found this article I just want to say, this article was explaining how syphilis was seen as, like, the single most biggest problem in Western society. Like, people's noses were falling off, stuff like this. And the article starts out with, like, a passage from the Bible, and it talks about how syphilis is the biggest irony because, obviously, God wants women and men to procreate. But in this process of procreation, they get this terrible disease that stops procreation. So...
1: 1943 in
0: 1943 we came up
1: with the syphilis three doctors working at a u.s marine hospital on staten island in new york treated and cured four patients with syphilis by giving them penicillin penicillin
0: was like we could do a whole episode on penicillin freud and his colleagues acknowledged the damage of the prevailing social cultural construct of female sexuality so, woman's neuroses or hysteria was resulting from the repression of sexuality. And the failing to recognize this led to avoidance of sex with men based on their fear of contracting venereal diseases as well. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it just mean that women were going crazy because they weren't having sex because they weren't having sex because they were scared of disease, but then the disease was making them crazy also? I think madness, quote-unquote, was like a symptom of syphilis. He becomes interested in hysteria when he visited a hospital in Paris and he stays with Charcot, who owns the hospital, in 1885-86. And he was present at many of the appointments where hypnosis was used to cure patients with like unexplainable hysterical symptoms and freud developed a method called free association to understand why patients present symptoms that did not appear to have any underlying physical cause so like the whole issue of this time is why are people being hysterical or like acting weird if they have no physical issues with their body or where is it all coming from and he called this method Psychoanalysis and psychoanalysis is predicted on the belief that unacknowledged psychological conflicts produce physical symptoms, and repression is the primary physiological defense mechanism. Repression alone is not effective, then the anxiety surrounding the conflict is expressed through a variety of behaviors. So if they don't know how to deal with this repression, to deal with these issues, they become hysterical. And in his treatment of young women, Freud identified physical symptoms that he believed were caused by the repression of sexual desire. FND is the current psychiatric term for the disorder formerly known as hysteria, weakness, abnormal movements, or non-epileptic seizures that are inconsistent with a neurological disease, but nevertheless cause distress. Basically... (laughs) It is important into this like treatment of hysteria is the idea that hysteria could come from like the subconscious and that you have to do stuff to kind of deal with like underlying causes that aren't physical and understand why someone might be presenting hysterical symptoms. It's a bit much, isn't it? So So... (laughs) no, I fair end of this article i think is really interesting i don't know if you've had a chance to read it but it's about like the difference in hysteria in western versus non-western societies and in the second half of the 20th century there's a decrease of hysteria in western societies but don't worry this doesn't mean people get healthier it just means people have more depressive and anxiety neuroses so it's just like the terms are changing And the date of annual admission for hysteria psychiatric hospitals in England and Wales from 1949 (laughs) to 1978 shows that they are diminished by nearly two thirds. So let's think about that. This is 1949 to 1978 is prime Cold War era Mm -hmm. uh, with a marked decline in the proportion from 1971 onwards and a similar decrease is recorded in Athens. Since then, there's been a rapid decline, frequency by which, like, people were admitted to psychiatric hospitals for hysteria. They had more, I guess, medical terms for it. But look at uh, studies on Indian patients, the non-Western countries such as Sudan, Egypt, or Lebanon, that in the second half of the 20th century, hysteria which was a way of expressing emotional distress, remained a prominent condition among psychiatric patients. Although anxiety and depressive neuroses may have gained little ground, so it's kind of opposite. The concept of hysterical neuroses is deleted from the 1980 DSM-3, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, third edition, Um, and it is translated in many languages. That's what Wikipedia says. So, Mike, why don't you talk about westernization
1: yeah so the evolution of the, this disease seems to be a factor of social westernization rural studies on mental diseases seem to validate this hypothesis With henry a the henry b murphy are <laughs> <individualized, laughs>
0: <Henry D. Bertie.
1: laughs> the main causes of melancholy and social change and consequent socioeconomic changes So self-blaming feelings, no self-esteem and helplessness due to a rapid social change in areas of, he looks at England that were interested in turning the feudal economy into an industrial one. And more recently in some areas of Africa affected by rapid economic development. So in both cases, the onset of psychopathological symptoms had been related to two main factors. So whilst on the one hand, the disruption of an enlarged family and the loss of close emotional support for the individual, and then on the other hand, by a march driving towards economic individualism. Really interesting, but if I'm understanding what he's saying, it is giving backward. Is he not saying that the people experiencing hysteria are those that are escaping feudalism and going to a more opened view of society and the Asians and the Africans who are still stuck in the feudal past will Mm. not experience symptoms because they're still stuck in the past? and that it's the going forward and the evolution of people that is bringing in illness.
0: I was thinking more like this idea of community ties to like individual economic independence. You need to guess, yeah, like, oh, they're not depressed because they're not in a factory? I don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean... Like that they're not exposed to things that Westerners are exposed to, do you mean?
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's what I got from it. That's what I was getting, was mm-hmm. Westerners are becoming more forward, and whilst this means that there may be the loss of family and there may be this onset of new mental illness it also means that they're going forward whereas all Mm. these people are stuck in the feudal past
0: yeah so just
1: not true but time will tell
0: (laughs) just wait just wait um (laughs) crazy (laughs) me me for real (laughs) women have
1: jobs but what they're saying is women from what i understand women have a job and go crazy because they have a job and so they're taking on this new role whilst also still having to take on the role of being the housewife and the mother and so then you're doubled over by all of this new responsibility and instead of having a decided future as was when you were living in a feudal system with capitalism a you have to work and you have to decide your own future but b then you have to go home and raise your family and that's two jobs and of course women could be going crazy
0: women suffer from depression at a ratio of 2.5 to 1 compared to men according to a 1998 paper i'd be interested to see how so madness and hysteria becomes of interest to philosophers in the 1900s as we saw with Freud but of course Freud is interested in all sorts of things. Foucault argues that madness stands in opposition to reason. It is the unreason and irrationality that are presumed when an individual is identified as mad. This article says that should look at madness in relation to gender not in relation to women and this is an article i think from around 1994 it argues that like women's history or this hidden from history genre has an exclusive focus on women that is very similar to like previous works just exclusively focused on men and that this is not a good way to do history. And she wants to look at gender and gender relations to understand woman's situation related to madness. She likes to use this realist philosophy by her, who writes in 1987, that madness is an evaluative, socially constructed category with fluid, imprecise boundaries. By looking at statistics about who is actually in asylums at different times gender wise that there was not a feminization of madness at the end of the 18th and beginning of 19th century fluctuates pretty consistently so another piece of like historiography and a bit deeper theory is that jamie lovey wrote about women's depressive disorders of the 19th century and the role of oppression in these illnesses I should have had Mayu explain that. I think she wanted to talk about that. Oops. But her hypothesis is that domestic roles of women during the 19th century contributed to the development of depressive disorders that were then misdiagnosed as hysteria. Sexual harassment, subservient domestic roles, required self-sacrifice and internalization, feelings of helplessness due to lack of social power few sense of purpose following the industrial revolution alter the roles of women's and wives women throughout history have just had a traumatic time in religious texts of eve being first of all like the reason that mankind falls and all these issues of like women being sinners but also needing to procreate and their humors needing to be balanced by men like i want to talk about like modern day women's struggles with mental health and This is a topic very close to both of our hearts. Also, the age that we're at is the age that a lot of people realize that they have issues with mental health, mental illness. I still feel like as much as we have come a long way in the sense of like now, you know, we don't think that women need to have exorcisms or get the devil out of you if you experience anxiety or depression. I think anything besides anxiety and depression is so stigmatized. One thing that really gets to me is how also women are demonized in the media for experiencing psychiatric illnesses just recently in the last few months near my hometown in duxbury massachusetts there's a woman named lindsey clancy who was suffering from postpartum depression and assumedly now with what happened postpartum psychosis considering she killed three of her children And now she is and she also tried to kill herself and she is now paralyzed from the waist down and she is awaiting trial. I don't know. This is something that happened so close to my hometown. And she had previously like she had been hospitalized and had been given medication. I think it said she was on like 13 medications at the time and she was just failed by the system. And I think the trend online of these women who were saying I could have been Lindsay Clancy I think was a really powerful trend because the reality is like postpartum psychosis, postpartum depression happens to so many women, but it can't happen to anyone. There's a now an understanding of how Lindsay Clancy was not a bad mother. She was experiencing illness and did imaginable things to most um, because of her illness. And postpartum psychosis, I think, has only been recognized in the past, I think, 10 years. I think they didn't even think that it was possible to become psychotic because of periods and related to... Postpartum, I think it's a conversation that arises
1: a lot but it all falls down to the levels of pressure that are put on women to act in female mm. roles and the social pressure that's put on that. Yeah. I know when my mom was a kid, they stood by the idea of it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. So my mother was raised by her grandmother and her mother. As well as the other random ladies that lived on her block, because the way that buildings were existent in that time were different. Mm. And it was a horde of women that were raising a child rather than a singular one. And when you look at modern capitalism, women are now expected to go to work as well as raise a child. And it's just so much. And be fine. And there's so much expectations. It becomes a lot harder, for example, I think, for a woman who's had a baby to say, I don't know how to bond with this child. I don't know how to be a mother because it's not something that just comes to you naturally but people it's, think people is. think it is but that expectation isn't placed on the man how come men are allowed to say oh i don't know how to bond with my kid i don't know how to do this i don't know how to do that and people will show them the utmost sympathy and say oh it's okay like you will learn mm-hmm. but if a woman a new mother says something along the same lines they're immediately demonized for it which means they're obviously not going to be able to receive the help because maybe they're scared that if they say that the state will come and take away their child. I was thinking about how so many I mean ourselves included but a lot of my friends at uni you come to a certain age I think for me it was my late teens early 20s when I started to see the responsibilities that I was going to take up as an adult and at the same time I parallel saw the the responsibilities that were placed on me as a woman. Mm. It was that realization that kind of made me rethink and I think put me in a place to also think about mental illness within within that sphere. Because womanhood is a, is a scary, especially when you reach the age where people around you start having children. Mm. Because when women have children, there are no, a lot they're of their agency mean. is taken away and they're only it's ever like, seen as mothers and nothing else, which is real. a horrifying thought. Yeah. I think I what TikTok about it, but there is a day in everyone's life, I'm not sure if men do it, I don't. There is a day, and I remember this day very clearly when I realized that my mother was once a young woman yeah. who had hopes and dreams. And instead I see her as my mother, whereas I see my father as his own person. That's the point people reach in their 20s and it's the most groundbreaking, <laughs> horrifying thought ever to yeah. think she was a woman that had
0: hopes and dreams. She sacrificed them
1: to for have me, me. Yeah. that's gonna
0: be me. Especially when you're in your teens, you're like I don't know, you fight with your mom a lot. It's like yeah. mother and daughters. And then you get older, you go to uni or go away, and then you get you're able to have conversations that you never used to have. You enjoy your time more, and you start to understand like, their hopes and dreams and what they were doing before you. A lot of times, I feel like the father, their their lives didn't stop. What Was it oftentimes father and daughter will
1: um, yeah, look at or uh, look down oh. upon? The mother and laugh condescendingly. I i realize that I've done that so often.
0: Same. Also, the way that psychiatry is nowadays, like throwing medication at people and saying, oh, like, is this making you feel better? Is it not? Okay, we'll just up the dose. Like, it's still such a flawed system. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, face the struggle of not being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to get into that like it's obvious and I think like a lot of the institutions that deal with people at the age in which mental health crises arise such as universities high schools do not know about anything other than anxiety and depression no working towards support groups peer support Understanding of illnesses that are scary and ugly need to be a huge step taken because I think the other reality is is like the responsibility that comes with acknowledging that someone may be going through a crisis that is scary for the institution and scary for everyone, but it needs to be done because people who experience, say, schizophrenia, bipolar, BPD, yeah, like they are most able to being outcasted from society because their illness has the power to take parts of them away yeah. that they used to have.
1: I would also say that the trendification yeah. of mental illness Jesus. is something that really bothers me. Same. So I know that, especially with COVID, there has been a the mental health crisis because when people are alone and people are able to have the time to think about things that will manifest in strange ways. But when I see people saying, "Oh, MG, I'm so BPD. Oh my God, I'm yeah. so autistic. Oh my God, I'm so depressed. It's I know people say it all the time. All the time. And I always make a point of, I'll laugh along with it for the first couple of times, but mm-hmm. someone who's as someone who's been there and done that, and I think a lot of people have, mental illness and things like neurodiversity are not pretty, they're not funny. <laughs> and I and think boss, people like
0: to think they are fun, and of course you can make fun, can make fun like,
1: of them. If you've been in that situation, I think humor is an important way to deal, deal with, with it, however, I think that what this is doing is it's making it like a cute little trend. And Real. so when the ugly head of mental illness rears, people don't know what to do with it. And they they kind of look down upon people. A lot of the times like Claire was saying, you don't have control over what you're doing and you need help, but the institutions are not given the funding, are not do not have the awareness. Yeah. And just it just means that the people who are the most vulnerable and need the most help are within a position where they are so stigmatized that they can't really do anything. We're seeing so many cases worldwide where this leads to a crisis and they do something that is like, against the law or doesn't mm. seem morally correct. But at the end of the day, it's just these people were need, needed deep, deep help and were failed
0: by the institutions around them. And not the single, singular case where an institution has <laughs> done has done its job. On that note of like, identification, I mean, the whole idea of like, you need to be delusional like delusional girl thinking you are the master of your own destiny you're lucky girl delusional and they just kept on saying delusional delusional delusional
1: delusions aren't you thinking
0: you're a girl boss delusions
1: Delusions, are you thinking
0: you can fly and these are like that don't exist that's hallucination (laughs) but like no exactly and i think it was also intrusive thoughts oh my god my intrusive thought one i just think about it like if you're saying these sort of things and then like, someone comes to you and is like, I think I'm experiencing delusions. I think I'm experiencing like really obstructive, intrusive thoughts. Like you wouldn't know what to do because you're so used to being like slay, like yes. delusional girl thinking. It's a bit scary, right? And mm-hmm. I'm all for like one thing I love about Tuffy and Wings. Tuffy has come out and said like she is a woman who has been you know, dealing with a different mental health journeys. And one of those is dealing with thinking that um, she might have autism and being diagnosed with autism. And being a woman with autism, like, that is a whole other story, <laughs> than, being, story than being being a man with autism, like, the, and even same with ADHD. She does a great job bring, raising awareness about how, like, symptoms of autism and neurodivergency in women are different from men. And that's a whole other story. Yeah. But with, like, these ugly, quote-unquote, mental illnesses, they're also much more common than you think. Like, like yeah space now where it has become a competition of yes, who is the most mental yes, yes.
1: L- massively disagree with it is never a competition any sort of you want to illness. be well like you I... want to be well you <laughs> know which i've seen maybe it's also because we go to like a very academically charged university where people are not saying real. oh i only got this much sleep oh i was yeah. so depressed that i did this yeah. oh my ed was so bad that i did this it is not a problem. the fact that you experienced anything of the sort is never fun but it doesn't have to be a competition everyone has different experiences and when you make it a competition it not only negates the experiences of people that are on kind of the more extreme ends but it makes the people on the extreme ends feel more segregated yeah and i'm all for talking about mental illness it is not a competition yeah everyone lives their own life
0: and i think especially in fourth year this is a huge problem people are like oh my god i didn't sleep to my desk i didn't sleep because of my desk. and it's like to sleep if you if you important for your brain and keeping you sane and i'm not saying like like lol saying like i'm saying sane yeah. like <laughs> oh yeah um
1: as a as a fourth year it is get sleep it yeah. is not smart for you, you to have be having to Red Bulls. it is not smart for you to be getting less than six hours of sleep because that will catch up with you and damn
0: will it catch up with you <laughs> and looked <laughs> and who you know lost their lives to mental illness because they were not understood and they were not treated as having real conditions or you know uh, because of their mental illness and just like the way that we deal with mental illness hasn't changed that much if you are severely institutions i think in the world that are actually trying to work with people who have severe mental health issues especially women um integrate society rather than saying well like you've had this many issues I think the best thing we can do is just, you know, keep you here, keep you on your meds, whatever. Also, not to mention, I can't even get into the profiting, like, mm-hmm. the money that these institutions take from innocent people, innocent family members trying to save their family members' lives. Like, this stereo, female hysteria. As much as, like, the title is a joke, and it is like funny to think about how people were thinking about the uterus like floating around yeah. women's bodies. Women, especially as we see with Lindsay Clancy, as we see with anything, still suffer immensely from mental illness and not being treated correctly and respectfully. As to stop this trend and competition related to mental illness, especially in young people, especially on the internet. Mm-hmm. God, please.
1: Nonetheless, if you're experiencing things, speak to your friends, but... Also, speak to professionals. You need to like speak to Like, if you're at university, please speak to student services. Girl, students. For example, student services didn't. They can help you get extensions, which
0: sometimes yes. are very good for your brain. Sometimes are very good like, for your brain. But don't dwell on it alone. That's never good.
1: And don't no. ask
0: TikTok. Don't Do not be posting TikTok. on TikTok about your mental health. That's no, my no. suggestion. Also, like, for hysterical. Don't be delusional. Take time off.
1: Take a full day, full day off. Full You are in fourth year. You're Take a day off. Take a damn day off. Just don't open your computer and go, I don't know, if you're in St. Andrews, go to Dundee and have a day in Dundee. Go to. I don't
0: know why you're suggesting Dundee. But
1: do something.
0: Real. Do something. You don't
1: have to be in the library every damn day. Like, it's not...
0: Your friends, socialize. I think there's this whole... I think there's also this issue of, like, flexing that, like, you haven't seen your friends in, like, a week because you're working. Like, no, go out. Do something fun with your friends. Also,
1: not to sound like everyone's mother but quite genuinely drinking water having three full meals a day Real. waking up and
0: at the same time going on a walk will help you sometimes if i don't leave my house off, eating meals drinking water sleeping like the basics oh, guys yes. Extra, going not i'm not saying like go to a pilates class i'm saying going outside take a walk like these to do touching grass gonna cure your mental illness no but legit <laughs> go hug a tree go hug a tree no but, but seriously it,
1: get those basics covers because sometimes when you're so wrapped up in life you forget to cover those basics and yeah without those basics you can't really function as a person
0: especially in fourth year when you're like there's such tunnel vision in fourth year oh, okay right? fourth year
1: seek help where it's needed take yourself seriously but it's not a competition it is never a competition never needn't be
0: and the people around you care about you yes. and you should communicate communicate with the people around you if you feel like maybe you know you are entering some neuroses humors or witches female hysteria but really the people around you do want to help you and you know it's already in a while mm-hmm. Men, I feel like health like physical health changes throughout time goes through ups and downs obviously you don't have to go into it but there's a big difference between mental health struggles and like I mental know. illness like all the women before you um who definitely be working towards changing how we view mental health in honor of all the people who were hurt or killed because they were seen as like witches because they were experiencing hysteria or experiencing like when i would say stir like anxiety depression bipolar who knows like delusions hallucinations like you never know especially with history we just because of the way that history is written um people experiencing issues since the beginning of time and they will continue to so we need to take care of ourselves
1: take care of yourself
0: (sighs) see you later hot girls bye
1: hot girls i'm gonna go